Weekends are made for catching up. Here's what you missed from the KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. It is uh, Monday morning. You want to pray for us to start yeah. off the week? You know, I would love to. I heard this sermon this weekend, and it really um, hit home for me in a, in a lot of ways. Um, but one in particular way was just talking about, you know, focus. And, you know, at one point in your life, you could be super on fire for the Lord. And, and then over time it wanes. And it was comparing David and how when he was a kid, you know, he was deeply rooted and, and then as king, how did he go from kid on fire for God? And then as king, he got trapped in some sin, right? Yeah. And and how our faith can wane. And, and it all really comes back to being deeply rooted. And it's a daily walk with God. Um, if you want that enthusiasm in yeah, your life, you know? that's really good. And so I just wanted to... Uh, pray for that for us this morning. Lord, we just come to you and first of all, we just want to thank you. We just want to thank you for the, the gifts that you've given us and the blessings and and just for all the ways uh, that every single day, just for the air that we breathe and, and for our families and our friends and for providing for us in the ways that you do. And uh, we know that we can trust you and we thank you for that. And then I just want to uh, ask for for each of us, just for the courage to show up and get in your word every day, Lord, and become deeply rooted. Um, if any of us are waning in our enthusiasm for the Lord and and just looking for that drive again, we know, Lord, that the only place we can get that back is through you. And so I'm just asking for you to give us that drive to pursue you daily and become deeply rooted so that that fire returns. We just pray that right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. If you're just joining the conversation around the breakfast table, we've been talking about God's love, how it changes us. I was sharing just a little bit ago about that. Like when I really grasp that he is a God who delights in his kids, Mm -hmm. not just trying to catch them doing the wrong thing or, you know, trying to keep track of the rules, Mm -hmm. but really does delight in us. Like the scripture says he does. It changes me. Like Mm -hmm. I have a completely different posture, my security, just joy in life, mm-hmm. it, it, his love literally changes me. Mm-hmm. What reminds, just that verse right there that it talks about how God's kindness leads you to repentance. That's straight out of the, the word. Yeah. It's his kindness. It's his love that leads you to repentance. And there's just freedom there. You know, just that topic of how God's love has changed you. I was thinking about how is God's love changed me. And I was thinking about back in the day, um, I had so many things just wrapped up in me just with shame and just decisions I had made. And I was just walking around with this big, heavy cloak of Mm, just heaviness all the time. And whenever I was in recovery, there's this woman named Jackie and we would sit down and anyway, I ended up sharing all of this stuff about my life, my history and my past, everything that I, whether it was resentments or whether it was, I'm just confessing, just trying to figure everything out. I literally shared everything to her and thinking that she would say, okay, you can leave and never come back. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of mindset I had. And she was just like, is that it? (laughs) And she's like, Hey, it's okay. I love you. God loves you. Yeah. God sees you and he loves you despite all of that. It completely changed my life. Wow. And it was that unconditional pure acceptance. And that is how God sees us. And it really shifted the way I carried out my daily life. And it was a true picture of love. And, you know, even at my work, 
I had this boss who just did not care really about his job. And I was working my tail off trying to prove to him, you know, this is, this is what I can do. This is who I am and all of that. And he just didn't care. He didn't notice. (laughs) And I would be so frustrated. And we had this talk about, is this about you or is this about God? Like, are you, are you living for God? Are you living for you? Because you're worried about what he's thinking about you and about your own promotion, about all of this. And I was like, oh my goodness. And that's how our yeah, world teaches super us. Super easy to do, right? Yeah. Right? Our world teaches us, you do this so that you can get promoted. Yeah. You can get this. It's a performance thing. It's a performance. Totally performance mentality. And so the next thing, after having this conversation with her, I started going to work. And I was like, I'm going to do this job for God. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do the best I can every day for God. And there's a, a verse, it's Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. And basically she said, you're not working for that guy. You're working for the Lord. Your job is just to to be a light, period. And one of the ways you do that is you do the best you can at what you're doing. And God will take care of the rest of that. And that was such an epiphany to me. Um, but it was also this resemblance of God's love because love isn't selfish, yeah. but my actions were selfish. And it's different know? when you know, okay, I don't have to do this for you in order to be loved. Oh, 100%. Right, like I'm not trying to earn your love. Yes. And those two things were working hand in hand because I knew unconditionally God loved me no matter what. But that also shifted my actions to to want to work my tail off yeah. for God and, and not for this boss. And even if I failed, I knew God was still going to love me. Mm-hmm. So th- there's just so many layers to that and how that changes you and, and frees you up. And then you're not feeling this pressure during your daily yeah. life and work, right? Because you're like, so no matter good. what, God loves me. I just want to do the best I can because I love him back. It's so that's different. It. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Hey, look who's here. Chaplain Justin. Here I am. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Happy oh, Valentine's shucks, Day. guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That felt weird. Do you have big plans for your Valentine? <laughs> Huge plans. Yeah. Uh-huh. Massive plans. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll come up with them. Um, <laughs> in the pretty next so- yeah, pretty soon. Few hours. But they're going to be big. Okay. Big. All right. Yeah. I like the confidence. <laughs> so it is Valentine's Day. Uh, it is interesting because it's this day that we set aside to talk about love. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this yesterday, about God's love is not a performance-based love. And yet here we are. Talk about a day that's yeah. just filled with performing, right? Yeah, that's right. Better do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, okay, and if I do well, great. And what's the result mm-hmm. of that? Mm-hmm. Or if I don't do well, what are the consequences mm-hmm. to that? It doesn't necessarily feel <laughs> always so much about love. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think in our culture... Uh, sometimes we get love just confused with affection or attraction, you know, I think we also get it confused with just, we're performing to get something from someone else, you know, in hopes of receiving acceptance or, you know, um, or just not rejection. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Valentine's day, even in the context of marriage, which we've made a commitment and, uh, promises, you know, for better or worse, here we are still putting on our best face, you know, trying to earn something by giving a gift, the right gift, or, um, in a lot of ways we start out by putting on our best face. And by the end of Valentine's day, you know, who knows what our faces look yeah. like. Yeah. And so it's just a little bit of a trap rather than I think 
man, look at all, all we've walked through so far mm. and celebrating, uh, ultimately God's love that endures forever, but yeah. also our love that maybe looks a bit like that too. I was going to say, you just said the, for better or worse yes, yeah. phrase. And I always think that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. Talk about the beautiful picture of love, the mm-hmm. kind of love that God has for mm-hmm. us, who has seen us at our worst. And marriage, usually it's like, oh, okay, I haven't quite seen it all yet, but I'm committed. But God, God knows the mm-hmm. depths of our mess mm-hmm. and still says, no, I love you. Yeah. That's cool. I would say, too, like not only in, say, marriage or romantic relationship, um, but also in friendship, we can experience and taste that kind of, you see me at my worst and you're still here. And so I think that's an important piece on this day is as Christians to broaden our view of how God's love applies to us, whether married or not, or, you know, uh, anything like that. So, Mm -hmm. well, I think in me just being a a single person, right. I mean, Valentine's day comes around. I, there's a part of it that's kind of rolls my eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that might be different if I had someone in my life, I might be like, Oh, this is exciting or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I love what you say about, you know, it's easy to put your best foot forward Mm -hmm. for a period of time. And that might feel like love, but that's not, true authentic love it's that takes time to grow Mm -hmm. right and that's over a a long period of time of seeing someone at their worst Mm -hmm. and at their best Mm -hmm. of course but i think also one thing too there's an expectation there you know not only do you have the pressure to perform for this other person but sometimes we put expectations on these other people to perform you know Mm -hmm. onto our Mm -hmm. spouse or our partner and and that's not love both are self-centered right and uh i appreciate what you're saying. And, and I think about, wait, it's Valentine's day. I, I want to take a look at all the love that I truly have in my life. It's mm. not about that significant other. Yeah. I mean, it's not about me being single. It's about what kind of love do I have? I've got God's love who is the greatest mm. love. And I've got the love of my son and I get mm. to love mm. on my son. Mm. And I've got my friends mm-hmm. who I can love dearly and deeply. Mm-hmm. And they have definitely seen me at my worst. And so that's a good reminder for me, just because I don't have the significant other on Valentine's Day doesn't mean I don't have true love yes. in my life. Yeah, that's absolutely. really, really good. All right. Good Valentine's Day chaplain chat. Thank you, Chaplain Justin. You're welcome. Happy Valentine's Day. The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. It's Wednesday, also Valentine's Day. Time for the Wednesday game. Hello, all. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. I'm doing my my heart symbol with my hands. (laughs) Do you know they have like a new heart symbol that they do now? Uh -uh. And it's not even that cute. It's like use your thumb and your pointer and it's like this I don't know. It's not the Taylor Swift. It's like what all the young kids are doing. Okay. Interesting. Oh, I, just no. go, I just go old school. Oh, yeah, the little American Sign Language. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I love you. I'm feeling the love, Aww. Scott. Thank you. Scott just said he loved all of us. Uh, yes. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that was very awkward. <laughs> all right. So just read the questions, Smoochie. It's, it's Valentine's Day. There may be some Valentine's Day themed questions in the mix today, so we'll see. All right. Um, first up, oh, by the way, Andrea is here to rep the millennials. Woohoo! Uh, Christy, of course, will rep Gen X. Oh, yeah. Justin will keep score and keep the peace. Amen. And first in the hot seat is Baby Boomer Scott. Hey, y'all. He's ready. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scott is, of course, the data guru here at KLRC and repping the baby boomers. Your first question is from Andrea. 
So this is something the millennials would be more apt to know. The song Beauty and the Beast, originally sung by Angela Lansbury mm. in the Disney animated movie, is an iconic love ballad to millennials. Oh. <laughs> That's nice. Never just the same. Yes. This is classic. It is good. So when Disney released the platinum DVD of the movie, they invited a small Christian pop music group to sing and create a music video of the song to be featured in the bonus content. Wow. I did not know this. I screamed. Just joy, delight, love, fangirled. It was excellent. Okay. So this is like a bonus content at the end of the movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what year was that edition released? Uh, 2002. Okay. Okay, so it's been a little while. Mm-hmm. All right, so the question is... That was even is, part of it. I, I gave that to you. You're welcome. <laughs> Feeling the love today. <laughs> All right, so the question is, what was the name of the music group? Was it Jump 5, Play, Pure Energy, NRG, or Super Chick? Ooh. Sing, and they sang the uh, classic Beauty and the Beast song. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Beauty and the Beast. I'm glad this is Scott's question, by the way, uh-huh. and not mine. It almost was yours. There was a big debate in my head. Oh. Um, Chaplin, Justin, are you a big Beauty and the Beast fan? Uh, I had to watch a lot because my younger sister watched uh, okay. it over and over again. All right. So, are you a fan? Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Scott, what do you think? Jump five, play, pure energy, or super chick? Jump five. All right. A little shot in the dark? Sure. That is a pretty good shot in the <laughs> dark. That's what it is. Wow. Unbelievable. Man, pulled that one out. They were doing like back handsprings around the ballroom. Um, like they okay. were next level. Yeah, because they're pretty high energy groups. So yeah, I can imagine that and Beauty of the Beast. Mm-hmm. Okay. There all, it is. All I think about Beauty and the Beast is the that little skinny candle guy. Uh-huh. He was yes. always dancing around and hopping uh-huh. everywhere. Do you remember the candle oh, yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah. What, what was his name? Lumiere. Lun- Lumiere? Lumiere. Yeah, no, Lumiere. Lumiere. Yeah. Lumiere? Yeah, that word. Okay, yeah. Lumiere. Uh-huh. With the French oh, accent, yes. That guy. All right, that is a point for the baby boomers. All right, your second question. This is from Christy, so something Gen X would be more apt to know. In the 1985 movie Teen Wolf, great romantic story. (laughs) (laughs) That's my Valentine's question. It's about a werewolf. Uh (laughs) Scott Howard, played by actor Michael J. Fox, is just an ordinary high school student just trying to fit in, but soon realizes fitting in is not an option when he discovers his unusual pedigree. At first, he's embarrassed by his wolf-like features, but... His best friend assures him this will play to his advantage in sports and popularity. Chapter 2. Yes. <laughs> his best friend is his number one fan and promoter. What is his best friend's name? So this is the best friend of the Michael J. Fox character. Yeah. Who was Teen Wolf. In Teen Wolf from 1985. Okay. I loved this movie, by the way. It was a good movie. Yeah. Scott, Scott's seen it. All right. Uh-huh. It's been a while, but yeah. Okay. All right, so what is his best friend's name? Is it Vinny, Buzz, Styles, or Max? Styles rings a bell. Okay. You want to go with that? 
Sure. All right. Scott is locking in the answer. A lot of guessing going on here today. And Scott is nailing it. That is correct. Two for two. And shots in the dark. Wow. It's too much expectorating going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Round two. It's coming up. It is the second round of the Wednesday game on this Valentine's Day today. Uh, and the baby boomers are feeling the love. Off to a big lead here. Yes, up to Gen X zero, Millennial zero. Okay. Uh, so our friend Andrea from the Positive Difference at Work is repping the Millennials. You are in the hot seat. Feeling Boy. There, Christy is doing something underneath <laughs> I don't know the what table Christy's with her cell phone. She's I don't know what some it kind means. Of technological something ready for us. Yeah, I'm getting the 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 sound bite ready that we need. Okay, all right. Oh. Okay, let's go. This your first question is from Scott, so this is something baby boomers would be more apt to know. Right. In this 1993 film, Annie Reed, played by Meg Ryan falls for Sam Baldwin, played by Tom Hanks. Sight unseen and invites him to meet her face-to-face for the first time at the Empire State Building on Valentine's Day. What's the name of the movie? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I don't even know what to say about this. I feel like... There's hope for me because there's options. This is this it is a softball. Sound like it. <laughs> yeah, Christy, oh, no. Even Christy knows this one. This yeah. is, no, no, no. I have I have them in my head. Wait, hold on. Who is it again? Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, right? Yep. Okay. Do you know who they are? Yeah. Okay. So okay. I, have, I have this in my nice. head. Like I have the movie poster in my head, but the the title is not there. I need to hear options. All right. Well, here are your options. Okay. Is it Sleepless in Seattle? Ten things I hate about you. You've got mail, or while you were sleeping. Oh no. Oh no. Christy's just dying over here because and I know I have millennial <laughs> friends right now who are dying because I, I should know this and I and I don't I don't know this. Um nineteen ninety-three. I was born in nineteen ninety-three. I bet a lot of people are going to even watch this tonight. It's one of those classic. Like, I know it's so good. Valentine's rom coms. All the Gen Xers and Boomers are shaking their head, just like <laughs> I can't believe Andrew's this. fighting hard. She's I am fighting hard. To get it. Hey, I was sick last week, so we can just blame it on all of that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it's you've got mail. Okay, mm-hmm. 1993. Mm-hmm. Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks were in Sleepless in, in Seattle. Seattle. Oh. Dad, go! That was my second. <laughs> Oh. It's tough. That was a tough, though. In, in she fairness, was in that. In fairness, those were the two romantic leads in You Have Mail as well. Exactly. So, and that's yeah, why yeah. I was like, the moment that both were mentioned, I was like, Dad, gum. Because I knew it was mm-hmm. one of those. Oh, man. That is a third point for the baby boomers. Man. Okay. Killing it. Man. Scott's right. on a roll today. Yeah. Christy, we'll see if you can uh, break the momentum here. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so here we go. Here's a question from Christy. In 1987, little Christy might be found dancing around her house singing this song to her stuffed pound puppies. Here you go. You're singing this to your pound puppies? Okay. 
All right. What a life That's those guys have. I know. I love my dogs, but I would be <laughs> dancing around the house with that song until okay. it's in my heart. All right. 1987. Who sings Tell It to My Heart? <laughs> oh. Is it Taylor Dane, Belinda Carlisle, Sinead O'Connor, or Bonnie Tyler? Scott knows. Okay. I need to hear the options one more time. All I right. thought he might know that. Is it Taylor Dane, Belinda Carlisle, Sinead O'Connor, or Bonnie Tyler? Oh. Did the pound puppies all I enjoy could hear was... Uh, Loving You Was Red by Taylor Swift and all of that. Um, <laughs> every millennial. There's yeah. nothing new under the sun. They, yeah. have a, they probably swing it, sing a Taylor Swift song to everything throughout their day. Yes. All day. Uh-huh. That's all I heard. Um, let's go with Bonnie. Why not, Bonnie? Okay. Uh, in 1987, who sang Tell It To My Heart? It was Taylor, Taylor Day. Day. Okay, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor I was so my in my head. Yeah, you, you know, got the I was, Taylor part I was right. one word away. <laughs> that would be a point for Gen X. Tell it to my heart. Tell me <laughs> Chap- I'm Chaplin, Justin, please. Oh, it's so exhausting. <laughs> Boomers 3, Gen X 1, Millennial 0. All right. Christy, you want to sing us out? Tell it to my heart. Why would you do that? <laughs> Sorry. Only one. Is this really love? All right. Final round. Coming up. The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. We're down to the final round of our Valentine's Day edition of the Wednesday game, Battle of Generations. And Chaplain Justin, who's been keeping score. I have been. That's my job. Uh, Uh, Boomers. Three, (laughs) Gen X, one, millennial, zero. Chaplain Justin was just mentioning, I don't know that we've ever had anybody score four points. Yeah, that would be new territory. In a battle before. Yeah, that would be a, a record. All right, we'll see. Uh, Christy, you are in the hot seat. Woohoo! All right, so Scott has a question for you. If Scott gets this, that would be four points record setting for the Wednesday game. Okay, but if I get the next two questions, we tie. Right? Because I have one yeah. point. Yep. So okay. it happen. All right, here so here we go. All right. Uh, all right, question from Scott. For Christy, this is in honor of President's Day, which is coming up, I think, on Monday, if I remember right. right? Okay. okay. Yeah, good day. All right. Which U.S. president and first lady had the Secret Service Secret Service code names of Eagle and Evergreen? Uh, I, I want to say it's uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, anyway, go ahead. What are my options? Would you like options? Okay. Yeah. Is it... John and Jackie Kennedy. Oh, maybe that was it. Ronald and Nancy Reagan. Mm, that was first gut. First gut. Bill and Hillary Clinton. Absolutely not. Or George <laughs> W. and Laura Bush. Mm. Again, you need this to stay in the game. Otherwise, Scott takes a commanding lead. Record-setting lead. Yeah. Um, wow. I think it might be Ronald. Okay. Let's go with Ronald. All right. Which U.S. President and First Lady had the Secret Service code names of Eagle and Evergreen? It was Bill and Hillary Clinton. No, are you serious? Ronald Reagan and Nancy were actually Rawhide and Rainbow. 
Huh. Wow. <laughs> that is just way out I there. I, I don't it. even know what to say about any of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. That's why all those action movies in like the late 90s, The Eagle Has Landed and all uh, that. Ah, yeah. that's what it was. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. That is a point for the baby boomers. Okay. What about this? Okay. <laughs> this puts Scott at four, right? Correct. And I've got one. Uh-huh. What if we do, like, this one, if I get it right, it's f- it's all in. Like, it's it's for the tie. I'm, like not, even, I'm not even asking for the win. or nothing? I'm not even asking for the win. How about no matter who really wins, we just give the cheese to Christy. <laughs> she just wants the cheese medallion. <laughs> now, if you were a millennial, you would accept that. But I don't want to win like that. I want I want to earn this <laughs> win. Okay. Uh, so if I get this there, right. There's a word for people that win that way. It's called cheater. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Baby I'm, boomers call I'm it. Negotiator, that's what it's called. Uh, okay. okay, so if, if I get this question right, it, I'll tie it. Uh, Scott, that's up to you. Are you feeling benevolent on Valentine's Day, or are you going to take the win? Where's the love, Scott? <laughs> if if I knew what Andrea's question was, I might agree to that. But Okay, I'll give you what the question is, and then you can decide. All right, here's your question from Andrea. This is something millennials would be more up to know. Okay. In the video game Yoshi's Story... There is a super happy tree that provides all the fruit for baby Yoshis, including (laughs) the magical heart fruit. Besides making Yoshi super happy, what happens when Yoshi eats a heart fruit? Okay. Scott? (laughs) Scott's Scott's losing control. He's laughing so hard. Uh, If she just had to answer it straight up. I'd say, yeah, go for it. <laughs> but she's going to have four choices. Uh-huh. And at least one of them's going to be completely ridiculous. Uh-huh. So, okay. so no, no deal. No Scott's, deal. No. Scott's taking it the is, win. It no. is Valentine's Day. Hey, and I All love right. you. Uh, I love you, but... All right, so this means either like if love. Andrea stumps you on this, it's a tie between Gen X and Millennials, or okay. you uh, take at least second place. You, you okay. Can, you can salvage some honor here. It's fine. <laughs> All right, what, so what happens, uh, besides making Yoshi super happy, when Yoshi eats a heart fruit? Is it your health is instantly recovered, you're temporarily invincible, the level is completely completed successfully, excuse me, where Yoshi gets a lot of variety of fruit. <laughs> I feel like we all need a lot of variety of fruit <laughs> in our lives. Um, Andrew, did you play uh, this Yoshi yes. story? Okay. Yes, and it is adorable because it's baby Yoshis, and they're just cute, Aww. and it's adorable. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. It's just so good. You know, I'm just going to say if he eats the fruit, he becomes invincible. I feel okay. like there's a lesson there. All right. The correct answer is, oh, if Scott had only allowed it. Oh. It is, you're temporarily invincible. Yeah, you are you correct. Well, you know what? At least I'm in second place. <laughs> that that would have tied the game, wouldn't it? If he would have gone for it. If, if he had agreed to quadruple yeah. or nothing. Yes. <laughs> Unless rules were rules. Yeah. Right, right, right. But because rules are rules, the baby boomers take the win. Congratulations. In record-setting fashion. Record-setting fashion. In a well game done. where we maintained the integrity of the game. Of the game, yes. Lots of love to you, Scott. It's Valentine's Day. We love everyone today. At least for the next five minutes. 
The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. Ready for some good news? We are too. Here's your positive difference story of the day. So these two women, Jennifer and Macy are their names. They stepped in to support a grieving friend. She had just lost her mom. Well, during that time, they discovered two unfinished blankets. Okay. They were sorting through, helping their friends sort through her mom's things. And her mom, this particular friend's mom, had um, these blankets that she was making for the daughter. For the daughters. Okay. So Jennifer said, I'll take a blanket. Macy said, I'll take the other one. Let's finish these out. Okay, that's cool. Super sweet, right? And it meant so much to their friend that they thought, why don't people do this for other people more often? Mm. And they said, maybe we need to start something. Uh-huh. And so they launched a nonprofit called Loose Ends. Okay. Okay. I like it. The idea is pretty simple, but it has brought so much healing to a lot of people. So basically, when a maker of something passes away, mid-project, oftentimes it'll get lost. Yeah. It might get donated. It might get thrown out. So the volunteers of their nonprofit, they'll finish these projects as intended and give back to the the cherished. That's really cool. Yeah. And so what Macy and Jennifer do is they connect these skilled workers. Right. So basically they've got a website set up and, and, and they do this all over now. It has grown so much. Listen to how big this is. They call the... The people who finish the blankets, yeah. finishers. Okay. Okay. They are now up to 17,000 finishers. <laughs> That's awesome. 17,000 finishers. And hear this, in over 60 countries. Okay, that started by these two? Yeah. Amazing. And Macy said, this is what her words were, she said that feeling of somebody in their community doing something generous for them just adds that extra layer mm. of love to the whole thing and um, some really wonderful friendships have even been born out of this. So many submissions they said just will bring tears to their eyes. There was They said there was this memorable quilt project they shared that had been started by a young mom who she passed away in a car accident um, with her husband and stepson. Mm-hmm. Super devastating. And But the daughter survived. They got a blanket. They finished this quilt out by wow. the mom and that daughter takes that quilt everywhere she goes. That's amazing. Yeah, because you know, for every one of them, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. it has to be priceless. Yeah. So precious. Yeah. So. Wow. I said just seeing these finished projects for the first time, so many people are just emotional. And it basically, I mean, you're you're finishing out someone that has this other person's personality. And yeah. basically their DNA interwoven through this. And, yeah. and you're giving them something to basically, truly, literally wrap themselves in. That's incredible. So I just thought, what a great idea. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Anyway, it's powerful. a beautiful story. That is our positive difference story of the day today. Mark, have you ever had one of those experiences where your kids bust you, like, <laughs> from your own teaching? Uh, uh, uh-huh. Like, Did you have one of those? Yeah. Yeah. So Mac and I were having a conversation, and he said, you just said a cuss word. I really? Said, I said, I did? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, so then I'm just kind of going back and forth in my right, head. Like, like, what what, what he? in the world did I just say? And he goes, you said can't. <laughs> and, and then it hit me. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, 
because we had had this conversation literally, it's probably been a month ago. Okay, so not that long And ago. he was kind of discouraged about something. He said, I can't do it, you know, and I think it had to do with his homework. Okay. And, and I said, as far as I'm concerned, the word can't in our home is a cuss word. And he locked on to it. Oh, he did. Because yeah. then he busted me here just a few days ago. And and I'm I'm saying like can't basically you can if you practice. If yeah. you you know, and within reason, you right. know. Right. Like he'll never be, you know, seven foot tall Shaquille O'Neal on the yeah. basketball court. But within reason, there's a lot of things we can do, but we talk so much about words in our home and how mm. what we say we can either speak life or we can yeah. speak death. And whenever you say, I can't on something you clearly can, yeah. you're speaking death to that situation. Mm. Anyway, but it was a, a great lesson for me. It was right back on me. Wow. You Mac know, turning the tables. Yeah. And it's been happening a lot lately. And I'm having to, like my own son now is keeping me accountable for my own words. So um, parents, moral of the story, be careful what yeah. you say. But keep speaking truth because you know what? It will probably come back to you. <laughs> right. And when you might need to hear it and too. And you might need to hear it too. Ready for some good news? We are too. Here's your positive difference story of the day. All right. In honor of Valentine's Day. Okay. Let me tell you about Jack and Beverly. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. They live in California. They met on a beautiful fall day back in 1951 when oh. classes were just starting at Sacramento City College. Oh. Jack told a reporter from the USA Today when she walked through the doors that first meeting, I went, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he eventually talked himself into the courage to ask her to a basketball game. Okay. That was their first date and 71 years of marriage later. They're still at it. Aww. that awesome? That is awesome. Four kiddos. They've moved all over literally the planet, all over the country and all over the world. They're now 95 and 90 years old. 71 years of marriage they just celebrated a week ago. They renewed their vows at their assisted living facility that they now call home. They were led by the uh, their grandson, Jack and Beverly renewed their vows surrounded by family and friends. Beverly walked down the aisle with flowers in hand and Jack was just staring at her waiting for her to come. Which is pretty awesome. That is the sweetest. Isn't that awesome? They uh, told the USA Today reporter the secret to such a long, fruitful union was that they were on the same path. They loved God and shared a passion for teaching. Mm. In fact, that passion for teaching has taken them all over the world. Um, he said, we were on the same track wanting to reach people with the gospel and wanting to teach them since that was the mechanism by which we could enter some of these hard to reach countries. They were in places like Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, pretty wow. dangerous places. So basically uh, missionaries, but teaching. Yes, but teaching like, yeah, as a way to go serve the, community. the people there. Right. And in the middle of that, they got to build relationships with people. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, he said this. They asked if they have uh, any more advice for younger lovebirds. Compromise when you can. Never go to bed mad at each other. And always put God first. Mm. Pretty good advice. And 71 years of marriage. I love them. You can't argue with that. And that's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That is our positive difference story of the day today. The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. So, uh, Valentine's Day yesterday. Uh-huh. 
you and the Mac man. Your we, son. we did. I, I totally had kind of a, a mommy fail. Okay? okay. What happened? Um, well, truly every, every Valentine's day when Mac wakes up, he has a little surprise or something. Okay. So, so I well, can put a little gift together. Yeah. And we had kind of a, a late night the night before, cause he had a, a baseball scrimmage thing and, uh, he was staying with his dad last night or the night before. Okay. So he, so didn't have he wasn't in my home that morning. Yeah. And really the week just got away from me. And I was like, oh my goodness, I don't even have a Valentine's gift. And so I pick him up from school. He gets in the car and I give him, you know, a big hug. And I'm like, it's Valentine's Day. I was like, where do you want to go? <laughs> because mama has not had a chance exactly. to do anything. Exactly. Yes. Okay. I was like, we can go to, you know, Brahms. We can go to TCBY. Mm. We can go to Krispy Kreme. Like you pick, you yeah. pick. This is your Valentine's treat. Okay. So he, he picks, we, we go get a donut. Okay. Well, after, get after a, school. After school donut, we get a, a chocolate donut and some chocolate milk. Okay. So, oh, nice. So then like an hour passes and we're going to be going to dinner soon. I'm like, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Mama still doesn't have a plan. <laughs> yeah. I was like, where do you want to go for dinner? I love it. And he wanted pizza. Of okay, course. He's 11. Man. He had a good day. Oh, he, chocolate he, donut, yeah. chocolate milk. He ate like it was his job yesterday. Pizza. And uh, so we go get pizza and they have his favorite little um, soft serve ice cream. So that was one of the reasons he wanted okay. to go to that specific pizza place. Got it. And then we eat pizza and then I'm like, it's Valentine's <laughs> Day. I just make, I just made the whole day like this is... <laughs> It's all about translation. You know, Mama didn't know, know yeah. what we're doing next, but we're about to find right. out. Right? I was like, "What do you want to do?" And he wanted to go play pickleball. So that's what we nice. did. Nice. And we had a great time. What a fun day. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, that's impressive. I love you it. Go. It's but, Valentine. <laughs> that was like the theme, right? Just me always saying that to make think, it as special as possible. Whenever I had no planning at all. I think that is parenting <laughs> genius. Well done. I don't know about that. Bonus points to mom for saving the day. He was happy, though. Yeah, yeah, but he was. That's awesome. What about you? Weren't you alone last Uh, night? So You planned a Valentine's. I had a little date planned and then forgot that, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Tiff was going to take Ruth to go out and have a little delayed celebration from for her homecoming day, we call that when the anniversary when she came home. But um, And then it ended up working out. Actually, we all ended up going to Fayetteville. And we went to an Ash Wednesday service. Tiff and I did. Okay. We did the whole thing with Ruth. And then she got to hang out with the, her brother, the two high schoolers. Mm-hmm. Went to the bookstore. They wanted to go. I was like, okay, that's cool. And we snuck over to a, an Ash Wednesday service. I'd never experienced one of those before. I guess just for whatever reason, didn't yeah. grow up around that. Super powerful. Really, really, really powerful. I'd never experienced something quite like that. So one thing that struck you. That was so powerful yeah. for you. Uh, I, they thing. did a thing with um, where they had these black sheets, mm-hmm. and it's a more serious service, I mean, like somber service. You know, you're kind of like reflecting on our brokenness and why we need Easter. This is kind of the kickoff to the 40 days before Easter, and so they had these black sheets, and at any point you could go up and you could participate in communion if you wanted. And then, um, you could go over there and write a note or write a word or something like that. That kind of was like, this is what I'm acknowledging. This is part of my brokenness or this okay. is something I'm choosing to. So like to on these up. black sheets of paper, are, are you writing with those? So they're like black sheets, like bed sheets, black oh. sheets, huge black sheets. 
and there's a black sharpie, so nobody can read what you're actually writing. They I see, writing but you write that. it on and the then, sheet. Yep, okay, you write it on the sheet. So there's this giant sheets that everybody's kind of written their mm. their stuff on that you're choosing to acknowledge and kind of remember. This is why the cross had to happen. And then they're taking those black sheets and they're hanging them, draping them over the cross that's on the corner of the stage at the church for the next 40 days. Mm. So as people walk in, they're reminded like, this is why Jesus had to pay the price. And I was like, oh, man. Wow. I'm a wreck in a good way. Incredible. It was powerful. The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. It's a family fun Friday. It's Mark, Christy. Who's this? This is Nathan Rosen. Nathan, Nathan. how's it going, man? Hey, it's going well. How are you guys? We're We're great. Are you ready to play a little 50-50 with Mark Mark and Christy? Christy. So ready. Okay, he feels ready. All right. All right, a little President's Day edition of 50-50. Here we go. Your first question is this. Our 16th president... Abraham Lincoln was the tallest U.S. president at six foot four, but is most famous for the Emancipation Proclamation, which declared the freeing of slaves. What was the nickname of our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln? Was it Honest Abe or the Great Bambino? Uh, let's go with Honest Abe. Oh, oh my gosh. What, what a start, Mark. Off and running. Man. All right. Okay, here we go. Next question. 1970s President Gerald Ford, he was a star athlete at the University of Michigan. He turned down offers from both the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers. What sport did he play? Was it football or water dancing? Mm. Mm. Presidential water dancing. Mm. Betty was pretty good at both, but I'm going to say football. Wow. Unbelievable. What a performance already. Here we go. Uh, All right. Next question. Thomas Jefferson, author of the Declaration of Independence, ironically passed away on the 50th anniversary of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence to the day, which is crazy. Another president who was highly involved in the Declaration of Independence passed away just within hours of Jefferson as well on that exact same day 50 years later. That is crazy to me. The question is, who was it? Who passed away same day as Jefferson just a few hours on the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence? Was it John Adams or King Henry VIII? Let's keep okay. I'm Henry the Eighth. <laughs> that one. Okay. All right. Henry the Eighth. I'm on. Yes. I'm going John Adams. It was John Adams. Yes. Wow. <laughs> nice. All right. One final question. Here we go. When his father passed away, young Jimmy Carter, before becoming president, gave up his successful military career to move back home to Georgia and work on his family's farm. Oh yeah. What kind of farm was it? Mm. Was it a peanut farm or was it a butter farm? A, b- a butter farm? I would, I understand. If I would quit if the military to go back to a, a, butter, a butter farm. farm. Okay. Yeah. All right. And we can butter make some farm. peanut butter. Uh, Maybe we'll that's a different butter. Verse. We'll go with the first time. You're going to go the with peanut, peanut farm. It you, was a peanut you farm. You are correct. Yeah. Pe- or we could do a peanut butter farm. <laughs> And sing the peanut butter jelly song. Do you know that song? Jelly time, peanut 
Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Yeah. Oh, he knows it, Mark. He does know it. Yes. Well played. All right, sir. We've got tickets for you to see Matthew West in concert less than two weeks away. It's on February 29th at First Baptist Van Buren. And we've got some tickets for you to be our guest. Sound good? That sounds good. Thank you so much. Well, absolutely. Well, thanks for playing 50-50 with with Mark Mark and Christy. Real people. Real life. Real fun. Family Fun Friday. The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy. Ready for some good news? We are, too. Here's your positive difference story of the day. Mark, have you ever been to one of your teacher's weddings? No. <laughs> you ever thought be, about that? Uh, that's interesting. It's almost kind of like when you see them out in regular society, like in, in your like, <laughs> like living normal yeah, life, like out in the wild, and you're like, oh, you're actually a person. Yeah, like too. I saw you at the grocery store. Right. Wow. A wedding, I yeah. feel like that would be like, oh, wait, you're like a real person. Yeah. Well, this is the neatest thing to me. So, Mrs. Zweer, her name is Katie. We'll call her Miss Katie. She's a kindergarten teacher at Good Shepherd School in Golden Valley, Minnesota. Okay. Um, It's a Christian school. Yeah. And she came up with this unique idea when she began planning her wedding with her new fiance, Kevin. Okay. She had always envisioned her students being a part of her big wedding day. Which is cool. Yeah. She said, I've taught so many of the students here. They're such a big part of my life. I really would love for them to be a part of this big day. So the wedding date they picked fell during a special week of school where every day is a different dress-up day for the kids. Oh, wait a minute. I know where this is going. Yeah. (laughs) No way. She said it seemed like the perfect fit to have the kids, you know, think it was the fancy surprise day, Uh like dress-up day. So the kids were supposed to wear their best this particular day. Dressed to the nines. Yeah. and But they had no idea they were dressing up for For a wedding. For a wedding. I love this. So the church had a, a chapel or the school had a chapel because it's a Christian school based out of this specific church. So on the big day, the the pastor announces this surprise to the whole school and the kids. They had no idea that they'd all shown up and gathered for chapel. And they're like, no way we're, we're having a wedding. Miss Katie is getting married. So awesome. I bet they were so excited. Oh yeah. And she said they were beaming with smiles and excitements. At first they were shocked. They were just all kind of confused. Like what's going on. Yeah. And then they all just burst out into applause and cheering and they were just so excited. That's awesome. And uh, there were some older students there from the school who were in on the secret. And then there were some other students uh, that were able, I, I don't know, it, you know, it's hard to keep a secret. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they had a flower girl, uh, readers during the ceremony that were already prepped and ready to go. This is awesome. The uh, Palm Squad. So she coached also the school's spirit squad. Okay, like cheerleading squad. Yeah. Yeah. And they had the entire school line up the corridors with shiny silver pom-poms. Yes. After the ceremony, they would walk when through. When they walked out. Yeah. Love it. And um, her new husband said you could just sense the excitement like buzzing in the air. It was unlike anything they'd ever experienced. And when Katie made her interest, the atmosphere was just electric. That's amazing. Yeah. The children were radiant. They said the, the uh, they performed wonderfully during the readings. The entire experience just far exceeded their expectations. And some of the kids even had 
cowbells they were rattling and they were just yelling kiss 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 <laughs> of course they were <laughs> that's awesome and katie said i don't think i've ever smiled so widely in my life it was overwhelming and incredible i felt like i was floating so oh, what a special day i know and the fact that she just wanted to include them uh-huh. i think that is just so beautiful and uh, all the children they signed this giant blanket uh, that the couple would take home with them as That's a wedding really gift. That's really cool. So, and I bet they have some of the best wedding pictures ever, too. Oh, you know with it. With all those cute kids. And and the joy of kids, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you I mean, just it, know it was better. an incredible event. That is our Positive Difference story of the day. The KLRC Morning Show with Mark and Christy.